0: This MLB betting pick show for game two of the wall card series edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app and use promo code SGPN. Roster brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win a 100 times your money. That's right. 100 times your money. Turn your $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, October 4th, currently 11.06 a.m. on the East Coast. Here early to get into the Game 2 picks for the Wild Card Series. We'll recap what we saw in Game 1 and also give out our picks for the four Wild Card games happening on Wednesday throughout the day starting at 3 p.m. on the east coast the first game between the rangers in the rays but joining me here to help me break it all down you guys know him as the voice of the nba gambling podcast wnba gambling podcast tennis gambling podcast the nfl gambling podcast and of course here on the mlb gambling podcast is scott studio rachel scott what's going on my man
1: They're doing pretty well. Looking forward to going through some games. I know yesterday I was on the show with Mal, and we went through some futures. So it's nice to go through some games. Should be fun. Uh, Looking forward to what should be a very entertaining day of baseball. How would you describe the first day? Because I was expecting a bunch of low-scoring games, Mm -hmm. and we got three unders and one over. The one over, you can argue, some people were extremely hurt by because it happened in the ninth inning. But yeah. to be honest, that brewers Diamondbacks game, they went 4-for, what was it, 4-for-21? Something, yeah, the scoring the position, four, yeah. yeah. 4-for-24, four well, they had guys on base every inning. So that wasn't even a bad beat, but it was kind of what you expect from the first day of the playoffs. A lot of nerves, a lot of missed opportunities, and taking advantage of whatever you can in order to win. And whoever actually came through in big moments won the game. As simple as that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's it gets very intense uh, when we talk about, it, especially MLB playoffs, because a lot of these pitchers, you know, we'll talk about it throughout the MLB playoffs as well as we you know kind of go to the divisional series and eventually the uh, the the championship series. That some of these pitchers have a very short leash, and then some of these pitchers, you know, just go out there. Uh, and carry over the momentum that they had towards the end of the season right into the wild card games or even in the in the uh, divisional round games. And I think that started in that first game between the Rangers and the Rays, uh, which started around 308 Eastern time yesterday. And we'll, we'll just kind of go through chronological order. here. We'll recap the game, uh, game ones of each of the series. And then we'll give our game two picks for uh, each of the uh, series as well. So yeah. Um, Like I mentioned, the first game yesterday, we'll just dive right into it here, Scott. Rangers and the Rays uh, in Tampa. Uh, Jordan Montgomery got the start there for the uh, Texas Rangers. And then Tyler Glass now got the start there for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think in this game, at least, the downfall for the Tampa Bay Rays was obviously the four errors that they had uh, in this game. Very unlike the Tampa Bay Rays, who I guess pride themselves, you know, playing uh, um, small ball baseball uh you know stealing bases sacrificing and playing good defense but yesterday i think you got to give a lot of credit to jordan jordan montgomery for the way that he did pitch for this texas rangers team because down the stretch in the final four games of the regular season when he was out there he was absolutely lights out and that carried over into this game against the tampa bay rays he went seven shutout innings against the rays uh he allowed six hit had five strikeouts in that game Meanwhile, Tyler Glass now struggled a little bit. I mean, five innings, he allowed three earned runs, six hits. He did have eight strikeouts, but he also did have five walks uh, that he issued to the Texas Rangers. And the Rangers, number one, were able to take advantage of the errors that the Rays committed. And also um, they got timely at bats from their uh, from their hitters there as well. I know you and I were talking offline. that I thought this this game would be the go the other way. That I thought the Rays would win around four nothing, four one. That's 4-2. what I
1: said. I don't know if you agreed with me, but that's what I said.
0: Yeah, cause I I like the Rays team total over uh, yesterday at three and a half, but they got shut out. But um, what was your thoughts on this game here from yesterday? As Rangers uh, have a 1-0 lead in this uh, wild card game or wild well, card series?
1: Well, you mentioned the errors. Tampa had three hours in what the first two innings? Yeah. It was not pretty. And what I just said earlier was, you yeah, they've got to take advantage of your opportunities. And that was really the story of the day. A lot of really poor situational hitting by a lot of teams out there. And it seemed like whichever team actually got the big hit was the team that ended up winning the game. And mm-hmm. it just seemed like Texas got some timely hits. Tampa got none. If they did, they wouldn't have gotten shut out at home. Yeah. I do want to ask you, though, mm-hmm. thoughts on the attendance. Because some reports came out about how bad the attendance was for Tampa in that playoff game, one of the lowest playoff attendance uh, games in MLB history for a playoff spot. I'm not shocked because it's Tampa. I'm shocked they're trying to rebuild the stadium in the same like venue or the same yeah. city, which I mm-hmm. think is a complete waste of time. But are you shocked or no because they put a damn baseball game in the middle of, an, of the afternoon on a weekday?
0: That's exactly what I, like, my thoughts were. So I'm looking at... The official, I guess, count, I don't know how official this is, but 19,000. Like 19, yeah. Yeah. 19,704 were in attendance. Their capacities right just a hair above 25,000. So they had about 79% fill. But I think exactly what the point that you mentioned it's that it's a Tuesday afternoon game where a lot of people are at work, um, you know, not being able to attend the game, uh, whether it was in Tampa or, you know, I know the other stadiums were pretty much full, but it's, t- I mean, I think they've been used to uh, uh, low attendance you know, throughout their history of when they've been playing at Tropicana field. But
1: can I interest you in a Wednesday game at the exact same time for a weekday? You think the attendance is going to look the same, or do you think it's going to be a little bit packed?
0: We got to put like a side bet here. Do we think it's going to be more than 19,704 on Wednesday, or do we think it's going to be less than (laughs) 19,704?
1: I'm going to lean more because they're facing elimination. So maybe you get some desperate fans, but then again, I'm not sure how many fans Tampa has anyway. I'll lean on the over on that one. Then again, you never know with these sellout crowd numbers because the Yankees had a bunch of sellouts, and you look at the stands and nobody's there. Yeah. Because they get bought by a lot of like companies, and it, it goes corporate. And then they yeah. just buy out the tickets, so it's a sellout, but nobody goes to the games. So yeah. I'm not saying it's the same problem with Tampa, but I do wonder when they said 19,000, if there were actually 19,000 people. Because it looked like maybe 13,000. I'm just going to put it that way. There were a lot of empty seats.
0: Yeah. Uh, anything else from uh, game one and before we get to the game two picks?
1: Well, I mentioned before uh, that Tampa couldn't generate any big hits but yeah. props to Montgomery. He was great down the stretch for mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I imagine Montgomery looking pretty good in pinstripes. Uh, but I don't know why I have that feeling in my head. Because uh, I know I they yeah. really got rid of him because they didn't think that he was worth a damn. But a uh, nice job by him in game one came through. He was great in September. I don't want to yeah. say he helped carry Texas because they still blew the division, but that mm-hmm. wasn't his fault. He did his part. Yeah. Uh, tech, I'm, I'm not going to assume Tampa's going to roll over, but then yeah. again, I mentioned this on the podcast yesterday. I called Tampa frauds halfway through the year because I didn't mm-hmm. trust their lineup, and I had concerns about guys besides Yandi and Randy, and I know the Lowe's ended up having a pretty good year, but I really wasn't sold by the back half of their entire lineup, and nobody really scared me in that entire lineup and nothing changed so yeah. i don't think Tampa's is going to roll over and facing Yavaldi, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it in a second is definitely easier than facing off against montgomery at this point in the season mm-hmm. but the rays have to show up and do something because yeah. that was an embarrassing showing for game one
0: yeah i mean if you don't score any runs you're not going to win uh many uh, very many ball games so let's get, get into the game Two at least for this rangers and the Rays game here Uh, Like you mentioned here, uh, Scott, it is going to be Nathan Valdi getting the start here for the Texas Rangers, and it'll be Zach Eflin getting the start here for the Tampa Bay Rays. Currently, the Rays are a minus 148 home favorite, plus 124 on the money line for the Texas Rangers. Total is set at eight with juice towards the under at minus 115. Run line minus one and a half, plus 136 for the Tampa Bay Rays and plus one and a half, minus 162 for the uh texas rangers and i know throughout the season we talked a lot about zach efflin uh on the podcast uh scott and he was uh absolutely dominant at tropic on the field this season for the tampa bay rays 18 starts at home this season he finished with a record of 11 and four with a 3.30 era uh down the stretch he did give up uh you know three earned runs in four of his last five starts but fortunately The offense just showed up in those games for the Tampa Bay Rays where they won all five of those last five starts during the regular season where Zach Eflin made. I do not believe he faced the Rangers uh, this season. Uh, No, No. he hasn't faced him yet since the 2017 season.
1: Evaldi was actually good against Tampa, but that was Mm. pre-injury when he was an all-star in the first half, which I don't think really means anything.
0: Yeah. Um, Nathan Evaldi, the season 12-5 and with a 3.63 ERA. On the road this season, 13 starts, six and two with a 3.56 ERA, and over his last five starts for the Texas Rangers, one and one with an 8.05 ERA, He allowed 17 earned runs in 19 innings pitched. Did face the race twice this season um, in two starts, 12 and one thirds innings pitched, allowed four hits. Sorry, uh, he allowed four earned runs, nine hits, eight strikeouts, to six walks. And his last start was against the Mariners, where he got absolutely blasted in three and one-thirds innings. He allowed seven earned runs in five innings. He allowed uh, two home runs each to the Mariners in his last two starts of the regular season here. Win or go home uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays here, Scott. Which way are you uh, leaning for this game?
1: Even though I've given Tampa a hard time this year, rightfully so, because they did end up losing the division after one of the best starts possible, I do think that they're going to show up for this game. Texas have had a hard time fully trusting down the stretch. Uh, I'm sure you've had a great time because, you know, Houston yeah. was able to win the division <laughs> anyway. But Texas in big moments has come up pretty short, and now the pressure is kind of back onto to them because they have a chance to advance to the next round, and I do wonder if Texas will no-show this game like they did for three out of four games against Seattle. But looking at this matchup, I see uh, Wicked's mentioning he doesn't trust the Rays. I don't blame you, but I trust Uvalde less. There's yeah. nothing to like about Uvalde right now. And I feel like looking at the situation for him, I don't know if he goes more than three innings. I don't know how long he's actually going to go. I'm kind of shocked Bochy's using him in game mm-hmm. two. I guess the argument is we won a game. We can potentially steal one. But Uvalde's been just an absolute disaster. I mean, the last six starts, 20 and a third innings pitched, a 9.3 ERA, got buried in the Seattle series in a game they kind of needed. And I think he gave up seven runs in like three innings. He gave up the home run to J.P. Crawford. It was ugly. He got kind of destroyed in that start. But looking at the Rays starting pitcher, F1's been good all Mm -hmm. season long and down the stretch. Last eight starts, 45 and a third. Innings pitch, 2.98 ERA. Tampa's still a very solid home team, no matter how many fans actually show up to their games. I think Tampa gets back on track. I just think Montgomery, who's been in great form, showed up and had a very good start. Yavaldi just doesn't have anything left as far as I'm concerned. I don't know why I'm expecting him to fl- flip a switch when he's been just ineffective for the last right. month and a half. And I'm just shocked he's pitching game two. I thought they would try to bring him out of the bullpen, maybe rebuild his confidence or something. But are you shocked that he's pitching game two? Because I know based on his season numbers, it makes sense. But he's not even going to length, he's pitching like two, three innings recently. He's given them nothing.
0: Yeah, I'm shocked to see him out there as well. <clears throat> and I know we talked about at the top of the show that I mentioned that, you know, pitchers are going to be on a very, you know, a, a very short leash. And I think that's going to be the case here for Ivaldi, because if he's in any type of trouble within that first inning or second inning, you know, Bochy's going to get out there and um and, and and pull the trigger on him because he didn't have to use his bullpen much yesterday when you had Jordan Montgomery going seven innings. But again, it's a, tent- a Texas Rangers bullpen. I know you and I have talked about a volume that just has not been very good uh, at all this season. So um I I agree. I'm not sure why he's throwing Nathan Ovaldi out there. You know, you mentioned that hey, we got maybe he's thinking that hey, we got game one. You know, let's throw out Ovaldi and let's get back home and see if we can wrap it up uh in uh back at home in Arlington in in in, in Texas. So um yeah, I, I am shocked to see him out there to, you know, answer your question there.
1: Yeah, I I just don't fully get it, but I'll try to capitalize and hopefully the Rays get it done.
0: Yeah, Uh, I'm with you. I'm on the Rays here as well. Uh, Zach Eflin at home was pretty much a cash cow all season long, and I think that he continues to pitch uh, very well here in this game uh, to even up the series for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and then heading back to uh, Arlington for Game 3. Currently, I, again, make sure you shop around for the best number because there's a ranging from minus 140 to minus 151 uh, as far as the Tampa Bay Rays' money line goes here. Um, anything on the total here, Scott? I think we probably both may be leaning on the Rangers team total over. I'm oh, sorry, uh, Rays team total over in this game.
1: Yeah, I thought about the first five team total over, but it was a two and a half, and yeah. that might be a little bit high for me. But then again, I'm expecting you did all to get chilled. So... I have no shame in that. I think my favorite play is going to be Rays' first five, either on the mm-hmm. money line. I saw minus 138 on FanDuel or the run line in the, in the first five, which I think was around even money. Even mm-hmm. money fading Evaldi for a team that, listen, I know once again Tampa can't really hit that well, but they're not like a scrub team. I mean, they still won 90-plus games. They're facing elimination. They're at home. I do expect a sense of urgency to show. I don't think Tampa is going to roll over and die in back-to-back games. I think they come out swinging figuratively and f- and literally, and hopefully they make contact with the ball. But I am going to go with the Rays' first five on the run line. I think even money is a good price, fitting Givaldi, who once again has just been an absolute gas can for the last month and a half.
0: Yeah, Joe Flo mentioning first five run line for the Rays. I agree about that as well. He a minus 105 uh, for that first five run line. Um, if you do have access to t- uh, uh, books like DraftKings, I do see Tampa Bay Rays' first three innings team total over one and a half. Plus 135, uh, I don't hate that. That's probably the I've...
1: ceiling of what Uvaldi goes. Or maybe yeah. he'll go four if he doesn't get into any trouble. But two runs first three, yeah, I guess I got to be fine with that because if I'm picking Tampa first five, my sole handicap is they're getting at least one or two off Yvaldi, and then you you're know. hoping F1 deals.
0: Yeah, and I also want to mention that the – I know it was with Glass now on the mound. He, the the Rangers struck out eight times. Um, But I'm curious to see what the strikeout prop for – Eflin is today. It's at five and a half at plus 115. I'm not sure I can get there with that. Not really a strikeout uh, pitcher type of, or not really a strikeout pitcher uh, is Zach Eflin. Anything else for this game here uh, or this series here, uh, Scott, for Rangers and race?
1: Well, Kaysen's mentioned in the race to score first today is plus 260, which conceptually I can understand because they're the home team. So you're automatically going to get a better price because if Texas scores in the top of the first, then you don't get a chance to match it. Plus 260 is massive. Yeah, like, I think that's I like definitely that worth it Trust for the value. Yeah, that's definitely worth it.
0: All right. Before we get over to the next uh, AO, oh, Sorry, the next wildcard series for this Wednesday afternoon schedule. Maybe you guys are in a city where games are being played for this wildcard series and you want to get out there. Let Game Time help you out. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't have to be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets. And their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have another app is really easy to use they have some great uh features on the app they have flash deals and last minute tickets like i mentioned and it's really easy to find tickets and buy tickets for every type of event in your area not just sporting events but like i mentioned they also have theater tickets uh comedy shows uh music events as well the best part i love about their app is that you get an image of your seat before you make your purchase Uh, to exactly what you know exactly what to expect when you actually get to that specific venue and there's no surprises when you actually get there their lowest prices are guaranteed event cancellation protection as well forget planning months in advance and game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of for the event the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference that's how confident they are in their prices so Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download GameTime app. Game app Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. And roster brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with its circle stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort our players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets, to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays, download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next series. Uh, for- by the way, by the way uh, yeah.
1: one thing, Kason said that the Rays' first inning money line is plus 260. I'm assuming on the three-way line, Rays' mm-hmm. to score first is even money. That makes a lot oh, more okay. sense, but yeah. I still don't mind even money. Uh, but the raise first thing money line it's a three way line so you're going to lose if they tie but 260 eh, if if you if you have some money you want to throw in some fun coupons throw it in a massive parlay or something
0: yeah i think that um I, mean, I think the Rays will, will – I think they have to come out on fire because I think if they don't score within those first couple innings, I think they may get into a little bit of trouble, especially against Nathan Evaldi, uh, who, like we mentioned, has been a gas can uh, over the last uh, month or so for the um, Texas Rangers. Next series uh, here, Scott, on the Wednesday schedule, we'll go over to the series between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Minnesota Twins. Sound the trumpets here, Scott, because the Minnesota Twins break their playoff a losing streak. I think it was 18 straight games or 19 straight games they had lost in the playoffs. A-2. but Yeah, so it's officially over for uh, that losing streak as they take care of business in game one on their home field. They get a three to one victory over the Toronto Blue Jays. And I mean, this was pretty much a game where it was, number one, a great pitching performance from Pablo Lopez to start this game here. But also, it was just a game where, um, was it Royce Lewis is his name? Yeah, uh, Yeah. I almost forget his first name. But he just pretty much took care of uh, scoring all the runs for the Minnesota Twins. He had a two-run bomb in the first inning off off of Kevin Gossman. And then I believe it was in the third inning he added another one, a solo home run for the Minnesota Twins offense, and that pretty much carried the Twins all the way to a three to one victory uh, in this game. Uh, Kevin Gossman last only four innings in this game. Like I mentioned, he gave up three hur- three earned runs and three uh, walks in that game as well. He did have five strikeouts. Bowman came in and did a pretty decent job after that. They only allowed two hits after the uh, four innings that Kevin Gossman went. And then for the Twins, uh, Pablo Lopez, like I mentioned, five and two-thirds innings yesterday for the Minnesota Twins. He had three strikeouts, five hits he allowed, and only one earned run in that game for the Minnesota Twins. So the Twins get the monkey off of their back um, and now are in the driver's seat uh, to win this wild-card series against the Blue Jays here, Scott. But takeaways from this game yesterday before we get to the Game 2 picks?
1: Toronto just can't let us have nice things, man. I'm I'm running out (laughs) of jokes. (laughs) <laughs> in sports, you know, the the Twins not winning a playoff game since 2004 is one of the best jokes we had left in the entire, or really, the sports world at this point. And now we got nothing. But I ended up tweeting something out on, uh, I think it was yesterday morning. I said, I'm gonna be so mad when the Blue Jays end up killing the funniest meme left in baseball over the next two days. And it took about five hours. They just wouldn't let us have any nice things, but it's Toronto. I mean, they're the team we thought they were. It's why Malcolm hates this team. It's why I don't think any of us actually like this team. It's not even because of the fact that I'm a Yankees fan. It's because you can't trust this team at all. Yes. This team no-shows offensively, despite having a lot of talent on paper. Bo Bichette was leading the league in hits for a decent portion of the year. Got injured, but I know he's still a great talent. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a great talent as well, but... To be honest he might be one of the most overrated players in the league this is a separate conversation, but people expect a lot of big things from him when you have a pretty good hitting core and your offense constantly goes a wall we're going to criticize you for it and the team did nothing and Gaussman wasn't great yesterday, but in theory he was fine. Uh, Lopez was okay you got get you got to get some runs across against the Minnesota ballpen though. they had some chances they got one run across they stranded a bunch of guys on base but this is Toronto. this is why we all thought collectively, I think Dylan felt the same way, that Toronto, despite being a potential playoff team, is not a danger to anybody because they will get in their own way all the time. It's just how it goes. And Minnesota, even though they were not exactly the greatest team on paper and they played in a joke of a division, they won 87 games. Like They really had a decent year. And I feel like people didn't notice because every other team in that division – wave the white flag with a month and a half to go in the season. But Minnesota at home is a solid team. I picked them to win the series. I thought they would actually get the job done here because nobody – there's no pressure on Minnesota. Yeah. I feel like everyone just expected Toronto to find a way to win general media because Minnesota had the streak and everything like that. But Toronto's not that good. And Minnesota at home is kind of dangerous. And I do think that Minnesota is actually going to close it out today. I don't trust Toronto. Maybe they show up. Maybe they get some key hits. But do I trust Barrios on the road? Not really. I know it's against his former team and all, but yeah. I think Sonny Gray is fine. I had some problems with him earlier in the middle of the year when he had a bit of a slump. And he bounced back nicely in the back half. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Minnesota. <coughs> I just don't trust Toronto enough. I feel like this is a spot where Toronto should get up for this game because they need to. They're facing elimination. But if I told you Toronto showed up today and scored one run and lost the game four to one, nobody would be surprised because this is what Toronto is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't been able to figure out the Toronto team during the regular season at all. They were a thorn in my side. Anytime I did back them, uh, I would get burned. Anytime I would fade them, I would get burned. So, I mean, when when your top three hitters, Scott, go one of 13 combined you're not going to win very many ball games at all, um, and that was the case yesterday with this Toronto Blue Jays team. George Springer, 0 for 5. Brandon Belt, 0 for 4. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. 1 for 4 yesterday for the uh, um, for the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm not it's sure not even why about
1: going like one for. For 13. It's about the actual quality of the at bats. If you had a hard line drive at somebody and you fly yeah. out, okay, that's fine. At least you might at least you constructed to something. Mm-hmm. Toronto was no game plan for any of their batters. They just go up there and try to swing as hard as they can. And there's no strategy to any of their at bats. I don't know if you noticed the same thing, but yeah. the first couple innings against Lopez, they weren't even trying to see pitches. It just felt like they were trying to just free swing away.
0: Mm-hmm. I noticed that throughout the game as well in the the time that I was watching this game. it's like, especially with Vlad, like he just kind of gets up there to, to just hit every ball out of the stadium. Yeah. Like that's not going to work for you. He especially swings in out the of his playoffs. shoes
1: and it's like he's not even trying to make contact with the ball. He's just trying to just, if he does make contact, hit it 450. You know a Double's not too bad. Yeah, A, a line drive, a hit, you know, just generate some pressure, something. That's all, that's all raining get into because there was a lot of really bad hitting. Uh, and at bats in all four games yesterday. But Toronto kind of jumped off the page. A lot of their bats, it just seemed like they weren't even trying to read a situation. They just went up there saying, I'm trying to hit a home run or I'm yeah. striking out.
0: Yeah. So this will be a 438 Eastern start for game two. Same schedule as yesterday on Tuesday. So like we mentioned, uh, Jose Berrios is going to get the start here for game two for the Toronto Blue Jays. And Sonny Gray is on the mound here for the Minnesota Twins. Twins are a minus 140 home favorite, plus 120 on the money line for the Toronto Blue Jays. Total is set at eight in this game run line, minus one and a half, plus 154 for the Minnesota Twins, and plus one and a half, minus 185 here for the uh, uh, Toronto uh, Blue Jays here. Scott, Uh, I know you already kind of tipped your hand there thinking Minnesota closes out, but um, how do you kind of see this game playing out?
1: The 140 might seem a bit steep. Once again, I do think Minnesota's going to win, but for a total of 7.5, I think I am leaning to the under. I, I just think this number's a bit high. It's mostly, once again, expecting Toronto to no-show this game offensively, and Barrios has been fine for the most part, but Minnesota offensively in the game yesterday really didn't do anything either. In yeah. fact, one guy did everything. For the entire team. So I'm giving Toronto a hard time because nobody showed up. Lewis was the only guy who showed up on the entire team. So I'm on the under. I don't think either team constructed good at bats. We've seen Minnesota strike out basically more than any other team in the league this year. Mm -hmm. I don't see many runs in this game. And Minnesota's bullpen did a pretty good job Uh, yesterday. uh, They ended up getting Durin to close it out. Nice diving stop by the first baseman to close out the game there. But I think looking at this game, I'm going to lean to the under because it wasn't just Toronto. Minnesota didn't exactly have graded bats either, and I think 7.5 is a a bit high. I'm going to lean to the under. You tend to see a lot more unders in the playoffs because of the nerves and the overall intensity with every pitch. I think this number is too high. Regardless of who wins this game, I see a 4-2 type final. I'm on the under. I think 7.5 is a bit high.
0: Yeah, I mean, Royce Lewis yesterday was responsible for two of the five hits yesterday for the Minnesota Twins, right? And obviously he drove in all three runs yesterday with the two home runs that he did have. So outside of that, the rest of the eight guys in this lineup, uh, I know there were some, you know, um, pinch hitters and and things like that were responsible for only three hits. And they did strike out as a team 11 times uh, yesterday. Five of those was by Kevin Gaussman, and then the other six came from the bullpen Um, You take a look at Jose Berrios since he uh, departed this Minnesota Twins team. Five appearances against this team. He has a three and one record with a 4.03 ERA, 35 strikeouts in those five games. And he's given up at least three earned runs in four out of those five starts. He did have a start earlier this season, all the way back in May At the end of the month um, in May, five and two-thirds innings in that game, four hits, five walks he allowed in that game. He also had five strikeouts in that game as well. I'm kind of torn here. I I agree about the under. That number is – I think we're getting a better number at eight right now in this game as well. So I I also do – I think I'm going to roll with Minnesota in the first five innings because, again, I don't trust this bullpen. Um, And I've seen this numerous times throughout the season – that anytime I would back Sonny Gray full game, the bullpen would come in and just absolutely collapse the game and and just lose the game outright. Um, this was towards the beginning of the season, but Sonny Gray has lost four straight starts at home, dating back to the end of the regular season. That was against the Guardians, the Rays, the Angels, and the A. So that doesn't get me excited uh, about backing the Rays full. Sorry, the uh, Twins full game here. At home this season, he was 7-10 and 10 straight up, or were the Twins. Um, but again, a lot of those losses came towards the end of the season for the Twins when Sonny Gray was on the mound. So I, I love the under in this game. I agree with that. Uh, I'll lean with the Twins in the first five. Would I be shocked if Blue Jays pulled us out 3-2 or something in that neighborhood and then get back to Toronto for Game 3? No. And but like you also mentioned, if, if the Twins win, would I be shocked? No. Uh, so I'll lean with the Twins in the first five innings here, Scott. I love the under. That's my favorite play. I'm also going to take a dabble on um, Jose Berrios' strikeouts in this game. It's at four and a half. It's minus 160. I'll wait for five and a half to pop up. I think he can have a decent start. And like we mentioned, this team struck out the most during the regular season, did the Minnesota Twins. And even yesterday, they struck out 11 times. And five of those came from uh, Kevin Gauss, uh, Kevin Gaussman, the starter. So, I think that he should or Jose Berry should be able to get over this number four and a half. If you want to lay the juice there, or if you want to wait for a five and a half to get that at plus money. So, I- I'm leaning towards that way in this game here. Anything else in this game?
1: I was gonna say, I think I have to agree with you because Gaussman only went four and Toronto used five relievers in a game yes. that they were trailing by two runs for basically the entire game. Yeah. I I understand why they did it. They used Hicks for 25 pitches, so he's definitely not going to be available for today. But I do wonder, once again, win or lose. I know if uh, Barrios struggles, they're going to pull him anyway because it's an elimination game. But Mm -hmm. you use five relievers there, you're going to try to get as much as you can out of the starter.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anything else for this game?
1: No, not really. Uh, I thought, once again, it was going to be a lower-scoring game. So if you want to go for the no-hit market, on individual batters, you can take that approach. I'll look at some head-to-head numbers, go through those, but you had a combined eleven hits, yeah, for both teams in game one. If you want to go for the no-hit market and back on some and fade some guys who strike out a lot, who just had some really abysmal bats, a lot of guys who had that in game one, a lot of plus money out there. I, I wouldn't mind taking some flyer on a couple of guys who you think might just not be able to get a hit in this game.
0: All right, before we get over to the next uh, wild card series, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five in Pick'em Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100 to hundred times your payout. That's right. I said 100 times your payout if you go five for five in the Pick'em Scorchers. From now, today is the last day. October 4th, Underdog is matching 100% of your first deposit of up to 5 hundred dollars plus hundred thousand sundays continue on underdog fantasy 10 lucky players will win ten thousand dollars each so watch along make your picks and maybe make a little cash over on underdogs mobile app or their website underdogfantasy.com and when you sign up with promo code sgpn up until today october 4th underdog will double your first deposit of up to five hundred dollars again that's underdog fantasy make sure you use that promo code sgpn all right, Scott, let's get over to the next uh wild card series. And we'll go over to the National League now. Uh, the next game will be a seven o'clock Eastern start. That's gonna be the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, yesterday the Diamondbacks get the job done against the Milwaukee Brewers. I believe this was a six, yeah, six to three final. Um both pitchers struggled early on in this game. It was like 3-3 three to three at the end of, I think, what was it, the second or third inning. Um, so the bats came to play. Combined 21 hits yesterday between these two teams. Uh, Milwaukee got out to a 3 nothing lead. and At that point, if you were a Brewers fan and having Corbin Burns on the mound, you were feeling pretty good about yourself. But, di- <clears throat> excuse me, Diamondbacks come back uh, in that third inning. They put up three runs uh, against uh, Corbin Burns. But what were your takeaways from this game?
1: Uh, Brew should have done more in the first inning. Yeah, now, That was really the summary of it for me. I know that it was a long game and both teams didn't generate any big hits or mostly they ended up having a lot of poor bats bats uh, before Walker blew it open the ninth inning with that two-run double. But watching the game, I saw Burns get through the first inning for Milwaukee and then Milwaukee scored one run. The first three guys got on base for yeah. Milwaukee. They had mm-hmm. first and second no outs while up one nothing, And the next three batters struck out. And at that point, I'm looking at the game going. Like I think Burns is still going to find a way to win this game, mm-hmm. but if they lose, you're gonna have to circle that first inning because yeah. Fod in the entire game had four strikeouts, and three of them were on three straight batters with first and second no outs in the first inning. You got to do better than that. Yep. You can't. You can't have three guys strike out with first and second no outs, and that was a microcosm of the entire of the entire just day. Milwaukee couldn't get a key hit. Longoria had the big double play uh, where he caught that line drive with the bases loaded, which mm-hmm. saved a couple runs. But once again, same story, different game. Teams constructing batted bats, teams not being able to actually generate runs, and it seemed like nobody on Milwaukee's lineup has a clutch gene. And Milwaukee yeah. ended up overcoming the first inning by scoring two in the second, but it was 3 nothing in the second. It should have been closer to 4-5. or five. That was really how I looked at it. you got to take advantage of all the opportunities you can get, and Milwaukee just didn't do that in the first inning, and Arizona did. Carroll had that two-run homer, which definitely helped smooth things over. But I think looking at the Game 1 breakdown, both teams went a combined 4-for-21 with runners in scoring position, and it's a really bad look for Milwaukee because Arizona went 1-for-10 with runners in scoring position, and they scored six runs. 1-for-10, and they scored six? That is not a good look for Milwaukee.
0: Milwaukee yesterday, I'm trying to pull up their numbers exactly on the runnings and and scoring position. 3 of 11. Yeah, uh, Diamondbacks 1 of 10 uh, yesterday. But, yeah, I mean, I think for Milwaukee, it's been the same story every single season dating back to the past, I don't know, what, four to five years that they have the pitching they just don't have enough on the offensive side of the baseball and again if they don't address that going forward they're not going to have a lot of success in the playoffs because at the end of the day you still have to score runs to win games in this in this in this in this um in this baseball game and you know, for them to, like you mentioned, it was really that first inning where they should have blown it open there. And then, if let's just say they got out to a three nothing lead in that, that point, or maybe in a, you know, yeah, three nothing. They did get
1: out to a three nothing lead. It was just an inning later, but still, yeah. they, they, they had so many chances to blow that game open early. And then yeah. Burns blew up in the third inning, but the game should not have been tied after three. That, that's yeah. kind of my point. But yeah. It's, I also want to point out Milwaukee went three for 11, but only one of those three hits generated a run. That was the mm-hmm. single in the first inning. The other two didn't generate any runs. And yeah. no key hits after the second inning because the team against Arizona, Fod pitched two and two thirds. So you had seven and a you had six and a third against Arizona's bullpen and you scored no runs with 12 hits in the entire game.
0: Yeah, Adam pointing out um fifth inning they had bases loaded, no out scored zero run as That was the
1: Longoria line drive double play, but yeah. You're against Arizona's bullpen for six and a third at home and you can't score a run. Like, come on, Milwaukee.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So game two here on uh, Wednesday evening, I, I would say. We'll see Zach Gallen getting the start here for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I know it's going to be Freddie Peralta getting the start here for the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers are a minus 130 home favorite here. Plus 110 on the money line for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Total set at seven and a half, uh, juiced a little bit towards the over at minus one twelve. Run line minus one and a half, plums, plus plus one sixty four against. Uh, sorry for the Brewers and plus one and a half, minus one ninety eight here for the Arizona Diamondbacks, led by Zach Gallen. Um, I'll start with Zach Gallen here, Scott. I know that he's been a pitcher that has, if you look at his road splits and home and road splits this season, has been the completely opposite story. At home this season in Arizona, 12 and two with a 2.47 ERA and 16 starts, 102 innings pitched, 28 earned runs allowed. Now we go to the road for Zach Gallen, five and six with a 4.42 ERA and 18 starts, 108 innings pitched, nearly double the amount of runs that he allowed. 53 uh, runs he allowed, earned runs he allowed on the road this season. Now the good news for Zach Gallen and the Diamondbacks, and if you're a fan of the Diamondbacks he was really good this season against the uh, Milwaukee Brewers um and let me see if those starts were on the at home or they were on the road uh but nonetheless he was 2 and 0 this season with a 0.64 ERA uh against the Milwaukee Brewers now one start was at home where he went 7 innings uh, shut out baseball and another start was in Milwaukee same story, seven innings. He only got one earned run, 15 strikeouts combined in those two games for Zach Gallon here. Meanwhile, Freddie Peralta uh, found his groove, uh, I think later in the season for this Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff. Um, on the season, uh, Peralta, let's see here, 12 and 10 with a 3.86 ERA, 210 strikeouts. At home, seven and four with a 3.44 ERA. Didn't face the Diamondbacks this season. Um, and the Brewers actually lost three out of his last four starts. But the problem with Peralta has been he is susceptible to giving up the home run because he allowed at least one home run in his last five starts. He allowed two home runs to the Miami Marlins in his last start, um, back on Sunday in a game where he allowed four earned runs in three innings. But Scott, let's start. Um, oh, yeah, I'm oh, sorry, uh, why don't you kick us off with this game? Which way you're leaning between the Brewers and the Diamondbacks?
1: I'm on the under in this game. I think seven and a half is too high. Yeah. Seven and a half with Peralta and with Gallon sounds like a regular season number. But there is definitely a multiplier effect for the playoffs where you just expect less runs. It's just how it goes. So yeah. I'm kind of surprised it is seven and a half. I thought in a playoff game, this would be seven. I thought had it, seven. Too. it wouldn't be six and a half, but I thought it would be a flat seven, maybe juice to the under. Seven and a half just feels too high because I like both pitchers. And I feel like when you're looking at Gallon, once again, not being a great road pitcher, but down the stretch, he had some big moments. I know that he ended up losing his start against Houston, but he was really good in that outing. He had one bad pitch to Abreu, which was a home run. Then it was overturned to a double, but he was still good for the most part in that start. Mm -hmm. Peralta's been fine, been good at home, but I think this total feels a bit high. Uh, We saw from yesterday's game that both teams can't get key hits to save their lives. I'm going to link to the under here. I think 7.5 just feels too large with these pitchers. Case I'm mentioning, race to five runs, and neither is plus 115. I like that. I used to go after that prop all the time for my YouTube videos because you can get great deals on an under, basically, while getting good, a better price. But plus 115, I'm not sure either team gets to five. I see this being a 3-2 game, 3-1 type game. I think it's going to be ugly. I think Milwaukee's going to find a way to win. Yeah. Uh, but I do think looking at the best prices available... The under is the best look for me, because if you are expecting a lower scoring game between these teams with good starting pitchers on the mound, seven naps too high for a total in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think this is going to be I think if the Brewers are going to win, it's have to be ugly. Like like you mentioned, an under game, a 3-1, 3-2 yeah. type of victory for the Brewers. Yeah. Um, Again, I know we mentioned the numbers about Zach Gallin, but I, I just think that he should go along fairly well in this game uh, for the Diamondbacks being their best pitcher by far. Um, and I think Ferry Peralta will go along well here as well. You kind of look at the game yesterday. Um, both of these teams were in double-digit strikeouts as well. 10, uh, ten um, strikeouts, team strikeouts for the Diamondbacks and then 11 strikeouts um, for the Brewers as well. Corbin Burns finished the game with five strikeouts. Um, he only lasted four uh, innings in that game, but he still had five strikeouts. So I really do like Freddie Peralta on his strikeouts prop today. That's at five and a half. Um, kind of going back and look at what he did towards the end of the season. He was farting with this number, but he did get uh, over this projection of five and a half in three out of his last five games during the regular season. He had a game where he had nine, six and then double digits against the Philadelphia Phillies. So, Again, I think if Peralta is able to go five to six innings here, he should definitely get over this number of five and a half strikeouts. I-, I love the under as well. I like the first five under. That's at four. I'm surprised to see that at four as well. So I'll go under five, uh, under four in the first five innings. I like Freddy Peralta uh, in this game here as well on his strikeouts. Maybe it was an out-issued prop as well. Uh, For Freddie Peralta, and then uh, I'm with you. I think the Brewers pulled this out as well. They forced a game three, uh, going back to um, Arizona. uh, All three games were in Milwaukee, I think. Oh, they are.
1: I'm pretty sure the wild card series works that the higher seed hosts every game.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. Um, so then, yeah, I mean, I, I, still, like, I think, yeah, the Brewers still force a game a game three here. So minus 130 on the money line for me. And then first five innings under four. And then I like Freddy Peralta on his strikeouts here as well. Anything else for this game, uh, Scott?
1: Not really. Once again, if you want to go back to the no-hit market for batters, because I don't think there's going to be many runs, you can try to go after some batters that you think is going to look a little bit lost against high-quality pitching.
0: All right. Last series uh, for the wild card series is going to be the other National League game. That is going to be the Miami Marlins. They are in Philadelphia against the Phillies. Yesterday, Phillies take care of business, uh, led by Zach Wheeler in that game. Uh, they get the three, sorry, four to one victory over the Marlins. Um, Zach Wheeler went six and two thirds innings in that game, allowed only five hits, one earned run, eight strikeouts for uh, Zach Wheeler. Jesus Lazardo wasn't Uh, too bad, I would say. He did allow three earned runs in four innings. He did allow eight hits. Did punch out five uh, uh, Philly batters, but then after that, the Marlins bullpen uh, came in and they did their job. Uh, Five innings, they only allowed three hits. Did strike out six, sorry, five batters of the Phillies, and then for the Phillies uh, bullpen, um, those guys came in and take care of business as well after the uh, stellar performance from Zach Wheeler. They get the job done four to one, looking to close it out here this afternoon on their home field. Uh, I Scott, I think this game played out how I thought it would be. Uh, it was going to, I thought Zach Wheeler would come out and pitch here uh, phenomenally. I thought the guys uh, whether there. It was the big bats of Trey Turner or Bryce Harper would come in and make a difference. Um, and I think they, they pretty much got the job done and they got the victory for one. Looking to close it out here in, in game two, Game two, so no surprises for me in this game. What are your thoughts on the Phillies and the Marlins?
1: No, it was pretty standard. I thought Philly was gonna sweep. I wasn't really hesitating with that. I thought they'd win the first two games kind of comfortably. They won game one comfortably. They got some insurance late, but we know Miami's not doing anything offensively on the road most of the time. Yeah. It's just how it goes. And I'm assue I don't know how you thought the series would play out. I'm assuming you had Philly in two.
0: I-, I thought that I thought Marlins could sneak one out, and I think if they were going to sneak one out, it would have to be game one. Uh, But well, I know we'll talk about game two in a second here, but I thought if they could obviously if they steal game one, this obviously would go to three. But I I think their backs are up against it now with Aaron Nola going on game two. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody was shocked if if Phillies do sweep.
1: I feel like the main takeaway that you get from watching these two teams play, first of all, Philly is the much more talented team. That's obvious. I mean, I can yeah. tell you that on paper. The mm-hmm. other is just looking at the crowd in Philly. Do they have the best home field advantage besides maybe Atlanta?
0: I still think they have a better one over Atlanta they might.
1: as well. I'm just saying, Philly's home crowd that entire game won. Like you remember from the World Series run last year, mm-hmm. but you need a bit of a refresher. It was alarming how just crazy the crowd, in a good way, for Mm -hmm. Philly. The crowd amps that entire team. It's really a it's kind of a game changer, to be honest. And when you're Miami, and even when you're good, nobody shows up to your games. Does that have an impact? It might. I think
0: so. I mean that that crowd it it could be intimidating. I mean we know we not even just baseball. I mean we talk about the Eagles. Sixers fans as well in the NBA. I mean, they, they could be really People
1: Philly fans all they want for being mean or, you know, whatever, however you want to phrase it, towards opposing fans. Yeah. But when it comes to supporting their teams, they're as loyal and committed as you can find.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: So I think the home crowd, not that they needed it, but I think it's definitely a nice boost. But my point is it's going to be very difficult to beat Philly in Philly this entire postseason. Mm-hmm. And Miami doesn't have the guys.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, so let's get over to game two here then. That's going to be a pitching matchup of Braxton Garrett, left-handed pitcher going for the Marlins, and then Aaron Nola is going to start here for the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies are a minus 155 home favorite here, plus 130 on the money line for the Miami Marlins. Total is set at eight in this game. Run line minus one and a half, plus 142 for the Phillies, and then plus one and a half, minus 170 for the Miami Marlins. Um, You're expecting this to be a 2-0 Series here, uh, anything different approaching Game 2 here?
1: The only concern is that Nola has not been good against Miami, and we know Nola does have a home run problem. uh, But looking at Garrett, he has been better on the road than at home. He's faced off against Philly two times this season. Mediocre numbers, one no record, but he does have a 5.4 ERA. I'm just going to lean to Philly on the run line here. I really wasn't giving Miami much of a shot uh, to win the series, and I think that Philly with the home crowd – is just going to take care of business they've been here before they know what to expect and i do think that getting game one in pretty convincing fashion Mm -hmm. i know the score line was close at the end kind of but it really wasn't in doubt philly got a lead and at that point you just assume they're going to hold on i think philly wins by multiple runs today garrett's first playoff playoff start on the road i don't think that once again garrett's going to have great stuff today he might be okay i think Noah's going to be fine but I do think Philly wins this game, in multiple runs. I'll take the run line at plus money. I just think it's a good deal with a much better team at home.
0: Yeah, I know I didn't mention a lot of the umpire, um, I guess stats here, kind of similar to the NFL referee report that I do. But at least for this game, um, the home team with Doug uh, Doug Eddings is behind the plate here. Home teams are twenty and eleven uh, straight up, and the under is eighteen and ten uh, in his uh, games that he has. Um, Umped. Uh, I, I was going to say officiated, but umped. But uh, something is off with those numbers because he's. It says twenty and eleven straight up for the home team, but only twenty eight um, games on the total that they've accounted for here. But nonetheless, again, close Uh enough. Close yeah, enough. Close close yeah, close enough. Yeah, but um, yeah, twenty eleven for the home team here. I think. Uh, I think if Nola can really settle in within that first or second inning, um, I, I do think that he can. You know probably stretches out to probably five at least six at least six innings for Aaron Nola the strikeouts are there for him as well he struck out at least six batters in each of or sorry exactly six batters in all three starts this season against the Marlins and like you mentioned Scott number one the home run problem for Aaron Nola and also that he allowed at least four earned runs or allowed exactly four earned runs in all three starts this season uh against the Marlins so um, I'll, I'll lean with Phillies closing it out here as well. I get, I trust their bats more. I trust their uh, starting pitching here as more, uh, more as well. I think something similar to what we saw in game one of this wild Card series, a 4-1, 4-2 type of victory here for the uh, Philadelphia Phillies as well. The run line, I think has some great value there as well at plus 142, uh, on the minus one and a half. So, um, yeah, I think Phillies do get the job done here as well. Anything else for this game, Scott, before we get into our lock and dog?
1: Not really. A Miami team total under. I'll also throw out there because I don't think Miami can hit. And that's not a hot take. This team has been really bad offensively all year long. They have a couple of good bats. Bell was good in game one. Solaire is always scary because he swings harder than arguably anybody else in the league. But I just think looking at the lineup, they don't have enough guys. It's just as simple as that.
0: I agree. Um the team total right now for the Marlins in this game is set at three and a half would choose towards the unders very so slightly at minus one twenty. All right, Scott, let's close out this episode strong for our game two picks with our lock and dog. You want to lead us off?
1: Sure. Uh so for the lock, I think I am going to go. I'm torn between which under I want. Do I want the twins under do I want the brewers under? I think I'm gonna go with the Brewers first five under. Okay. At four. Like uh, you that. said it was four, right? Yeah, four. I'll take the four. Once again, seven and a half is a number you'd get with those two starting pitchers in the regular season. Hmm. It's not the regular season. There's a multiplier effect in the playoffs. You have less runs in general. Three of the first four games went under yesterday. I see a rock fight. We have Gallon against Peralta. I like both pitchers. Neither team got hit with guys on base yesterday. I see a low-scoring game. so I'll go with the first five under four in that matchup. And For my dog, give me Philly's run line. And you said, I think, plus 142. Yep. It's a great deal. I think Philly was going to sweep. I thought that, and nothing's changed. Miami can't hit. The crowd, the home field advantage is crazy for Philly. But they've been there before, and Miami hasn't. And that's good enough for me. So I'll go with Philly on the run line of plus 142.
0: All right. Uh, All right. For my lock, I am going to go with, let me, I'm just trying to pull up one stat
1: here. I'm guessing you're going twins under as your lock.
0: I was going to go with the race first five innings run line. Um, number one, backing Zach Eflin at home and then also fading Nathan Evaldi, Um as we talked about at volumes of how much he's been a gas can post all-star break and especially over his last five um, starts of the regular season. So. At home this season, Zach Eflin and the Rays ended up with a 14-4 record straight up. And then in the first five innings, they were 12-5-1 straight up. And on the run line in the first five innings, 12-6. So they were up by one in 12 of the 18 starts that Zach Eflin made at Tropicana this season for the Rays. And I think the Rays should come out early, put up a couple runs. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're up around 2-0 at the end of, you know, two innings or three innings. I think Zach Eflin can go along well here. Um, So I'll take the uh, Rays first five inning run line. Um, That's at minus 105 right now as my lock Uh, for my dog. um, Do I go Brewers run line? I mean it's a very nice price at plus 164.
1: The tricky part is backing a team that you don't trust actually getting any big hits to yeah. lead win by multiple runs.
0: Yeah. Um I don't want to give out the same pick as you did, because that doesn't that doesn't go along very well when we do <laughs> double picks. Um I'll go with the let's go with the twins. You know what? Let me see if I can put together a strikeout prop parlay here.
1: You want Good. both starters in that game, or are you talk talking about different games? Yeah, different games. So I think I, th- I really
0: like Freddy Peralta over five and a half
1: strikeouts. You can do a money one parlay if you want to do that.
0: Yeah, because I, 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 I really do like some of these strikeout props. All right, so I'm going to go. All right, let's do this. I'll go Freddy Peralta over five and a half strikeouts, and then Jose Berrios over four and a half strikeouts. That gets you to plus 203. Solid. So Freddie Peralta over five and a half strikeouts for the Brewers, and then Jose Birrios, uh for the Blue Jays over four and a half strikeouts. That gets you around close to two to one. Uh, I'll do that as my dog. I'm, I don't think I've ever given out a parlay uh, during the regular season, uh, but
1: with nooffs a parlay guy.
0: Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's different. So yeah, I like that. I'll go with that as my dog. Uh, Freddie Peralta over strikeouts, and then Jose Berrios over on the strikeout there as well um that is it that's gonna do it four games uh hopefully we at least get maybe one or two game threes um on the thursday schedule so uh look out for that we'll be live at the same time tomorrow if there are any game threes happening uh, on the thursday schedule so again make sure if you haven't already subscribed to the mlb gambling podcast now is the best time to do so as we hopefully can tear it up for the uh mlb playoffs here but scott anything else you want to mention before we get out of here
1: Yes, I came up with my own baseball playoff drinking game. Okay. Take a drink, whatever you want, shots, or maybe even a sip of beer. Every time somebody strikes out with a guy in scoring position.
0: All right. Okay.
1: Maybe it was gonna, something that you're going to drink a lot more than you think you're going to. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it sneaks up on you.
0: You might be done it within uh, by the time the Blue Jays and the Twins
1: play. Um, yeah, Yeah. Just saying. It's a fun yeah. time. Um, all right. Yeah,
0: that is pretty much it. I know Scott, you and I are doing the Thursday night football show here right after we get off. Yeah, so tune in for that if you guys want to carry over to listening to me and Scott talk about some NFL. Uh, we'll talk about the Thursday night football game uh, between the God, Commanders and the Bears. Uh, woo, That's going to be a doozy. But yeah, of those well those times
1: we're happy the game's not on TV. If you know what it yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll be over there on the NFL Gambling Podcast. So come join us if you guys want to uh, talk some more uh, as well. Um, Until then, good luck with your bets. Hopefully we can put some more money in your pockets for these Game 2s. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.